Hey everyone, welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And this is episode number 113. Aaron, we just got done with the two-game mini-sweep of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Before we really get started here, I want to have everybody in the chat, uh, if you guys can, hit us with a retreat, hit us with a share, uh, get us out to your friends, your family, other Sharks fans. Uh, If you are enjoying us as much as you think they might, then get them in here and let's talk about these wins. Uh, Aaron, Ah, we won two. We won two in a row, Aaron. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. You want me to say what I said earlier? I, the first one to me is a glorified tie. It's not really a win. Winning the shootout is just boring. It's like, bleh. Did it get us two points? Sure. Cha-ching, baby. I love got it. got us one point in the standing. <laughs> one point up in the standings. One point up. You know, it's funny because if you look at those standings, I think we were uh, like six points behind um, uh, fourth place, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's uh, the the Blues or the Wild at that point. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're actually not too far away um, from from where uh, we might be considered for a playoff position. We've got a lot of games against some pretty bad teams, and I think Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, has a bunch of games against the uh, the upper echelon of the division left to go. Uh, whereas we maybe don't have quite as many. So the, the end of the season could get pretty interesting here uh, pretty fast. I don't know. I'm still of the mind that we're not really a playoff team, and if we did happen to make the playoffs, we probably wouldn't go very far. But points-wise, I don't know, man. It's, it's shaping up like it might get kind of interesting down the stretch. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think the schedule's kind of in the Sharks' favor. I mean, they had such a heavy road trip to start the season. Um, part of that because they asked the league to do that with the COVID restrictions in San Jose so that they would be able to play those home games um, to start the season to a short recap for the people that don't know. Uh, they couldn't play in SAP center. They couldn't even practice here. So they had to move everything to Arizona. So their home ice and um, uh, practice facility were both in Arizona to start the season. So um, you kind of take a look at these games like Minnesota. Minnesota has a long ways to come over to uh, to play San Jose. So maybe they were a little fatigued uh, coming out here. And there's going to be a lot more teams that are going to be coming with so many more home games, plus the Sharks getting the last change as part of the home ice advantage. So um, maybe the Sharks do kind of have a slight advantage with their season. Uh, that's, of course, if assuming that they're going to finish all these games and you know more don't get postponed because who knows with more COVID testing. Um, and we don't even know if any of the players are getting vaccines at this point. I mean, I don't know how, what the rest of the country is like, but for our county, I think, or our state in California, they're opening up to April 15th to everybody that is 16 and over. So I'm assuming the players are going to be, if they haven't already, they're going to be getting it. Um, so that might help kind of ease maybe ease restrictions, maybe ease uh, at least the worry that, that someone's going to get sick uh, or at least get a positive test. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think the Sharks kind of have an advantage going into the, into the latter half of the season here. Um, do I want them to? I don't know yet, but that, that remains to be seen. I'll, I'll try not to be such a Debbie Downer in this episode tonight. Awesome. I uh, love to hear that. <laughs> so uh, I want to read off a couple comments first and we'll jump right into the games. Uh, Death Scythe uh, 21. That's wow. We're talking about Debbie Downer, Death Scythe. Okay. <laughs> uh, yay. I finally can see the beginning of the live stream. Hey, welcome. Uh, thanks for making it. Appreciate it. Maybe because it's a little bit of a late one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dan Nguyen says, ye. I don't know what that's for, but ye right back to you, buddy. Uh, Radim from Prague says, the Sharks look great tonight, like Balsers and Donato. Kane finally put one in after being unlucky all game. I know he had the breakaway. He had, I think it was a two-on-one. Um, he had like the three solid opportunities 
uh, in high danger areas, and he just could not find the back of the net. Poor guy. Uh, felt really bad for him, but how, it was nice uh, to see him at least get the empty netter. How terrible would that have been if he missed the empty netter because time <laughs> ran out right before, right? Like that that would have just been yeah. the, the tip of, or the uh, the cap off to the terrible night. Good he, thing he got it in right there. He scored with 0.3 seconds left. So, yeah, if he hadn't uh, shot it as quickly as he did, he, he would have put it in the net, but too late. And that, like you said, would have been uh, the, the cap on a, on a really ugly otherwise <laughs> night for him in terms of trying to get that puck in the back of the net. Uh, Jack F., I agree with you. Those rookies really helping us out. Glad to see Nikolai give us that beauty of a goal. I was so happy to see Nikolai finally score that goal. I said it before in previous shows, the guy deserves one. Mm-hmm. Um, so happy that he got it tonight. And it turned out to be the game winner, right? I mean, it was the third goal for the Sharks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, really good on him. Uh, he was really excited. Had a post-game interview afterwards talking about it. Uh, he was really excited. Maximus, can this team stop playing with my feelings? I feel you, buddy. I really do. Um, it's it's uh, like like Sontag says here, it's such as the life uh, being a Sharks fan. Yeah, 100%. And then, of course, Lundy, 299. Again, Lundy, thank you so much for supporting the show like you do every single time. We do appreciate you. Uh, four great points. Yes, even though Aaron doesn't recognize the first win as a win, uh, it does give us four points in the standings. <laughs> Though we give one to Minnesota, we don't give one to everyone else in the division. So uh, I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. So uh, if you're looking to hunt down uh, for a playoff spot, you, you can't argue with getting four points, uh, even if you give up one. Uh, so again, San Jose Sharks are really good showing these last couple of games. Looking forward to the next few because, again, they're uh, against these kind of bottom feeder teams. I feel like the Sharks are trending up. Some of these other guys are trending down. We saw St. Louis. St. Louis has been pretty bad uh, for a long stretch here. They could be falling off. And if we can beat everybody else to the punch, now that does include Arizona, who we lost two in a row to. If we beat everybody else to the punch, who knows? Uh, we might actually be in the mix. So let's go ahead and jump in talk about at least the, the first game here. Although uh, Garf Nielsen says St. Louis is going to tank. I kind of agree with you. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but on that first game against Minnesota, it was all a defense scoring. There was a goals by uh, Eric Carlson and a goal by uh, Radim Shimmick, who they thought it was Gambrell getting the tip. But apparently Shimmick's shot hit a uh, one of the Wilds stick and it deflected up because it definitely did deflect. But they kept giving the goal to Shimmick and not to Gambrell. So, um all defensemen scoring in this game uh, for the San Jose Sharks, which was awesome. Now, Eric Carlson also got called out for the shootout. I believe Aaron went to eight rounds. Was that what it was? I think it was eight, yeah. So, yeah, I went eight rounds, uh, a goal here, a goal there, and then it's basically tied up, and they're just going and going and going. And Eric Carlson gets the call, steps over the boards. And right before that, um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Hartman? Ryan, I think it was Hartman. Ryan Hartman, yeah. Go ahead, Aaron. Well, Ryan Hartman pulls up and does a slap shot, what, 10 feet away maybe, not even, just right up and close. And I think he missed. I don't even think – I don't think Jones saved it. I think he just missed the net. Um, so then Carlson was up next. Eric Carlson comes up, and he does the exact same thing and just buries it. And just kind of – I think he kind of gave a look, didn't he? Like, a, hmm, like that's how it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I definitely got that vibe. Um, I think he said beforehand that he was planning on doing that anyway, but the fact that Hartman did it right before yeah, just sure. made it kind of comical because he did it and scored. So it looked like he was doing that on purpose. It, but that one division little. <laughs> nice, nice little callback. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, yeah, the more you know. So um, yeah, no, Eric Carlson just goes out there, uh, swirls a little bit to the left, cuts back in. Loads up, fires a cannon, like you said, from about 10 feet out. Uh, so I think it was him about where Hartman was and just cranks it over the glove. 
Uh, and, you know, that was it for Talbot. Uh, that, that was the end of the game there. So, yeah, Eric Carlson kind of looks over. I couldn't tell if he was giving the, the, um, the wild bench a look or if he was kind of smiling at the Sharks bench. But Mario Ferraro, definitely a face that I recognized, just <laughs> busting up laughing as he was coming over the boards. If you guys get an opportunity to check out the replay, he's on the right-hand side of your screen, I believe. So uh, check a look for, uh, for Mario because he's laughing pretty hard there. So um, we actually do have a video clip here. We have a few of them. Uh, this first one, though, there's a reporter. I'm not going to say his name, but there was a reporter who was asking uh, Eric Carlson uh, a question. And it seemed like kind of a silly question uh, after the fact, once you, you kind of hear it. Uh, and, and Aaron, uh, I'll let you talk about it afterwards. But for right now, let's go ahead. We'll just roll that clip so you guys can see what we're talking about. All right, Eric, is that the best offensive game you've ever had? Uh, two goals and essentially a hat trick when the game winner and the uh, shootout? Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> just straight to the point. Not even close. And then silence. <laughs> I just love it. He's like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Do you, do you know who I am? Like, have you seen any of my highlight footage? Now you have an explanation for this. I think what he meant to say was your best game as a shark, not best game ever in your career. I think he just kind of screwed up the question. That's my, my thinking. Cause we both know who this guy is uh, and he's, he's not that, you know, out of it. So um, I think he just kind of messed up the question. Honestly, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. E- either way, either way, here's my here's my thing. Are you telling me that his game seven performance against Vegas was not his best game as a shark? Yeah, because I think I think that game was more of the LeBanc show than the Carlson show. Eh, okay, LeBanc ended up with the 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 last goal there to to pull ahead. Yes, no, but Carlson LeBanc had so had many like, good. I think LeBanc had a four or five point night that night. Oh, did he? Yeah, and he had like seven points in the playoffs, and five of them were from that one game. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So maybe he just meant as a shark. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, no, it does kind of sound like a silly question. If you take it for the the actual precise wording that he used, um, definitely he's had uh, better games than than that. But uh, it was a phenomenal game by Eric Carlson. Uh, Aaron, this is a guy who we've been critical of a little bit here and there, not as much as everybody else. The fans have been very critical of the media has been extremely critical of. Um, he's kind of showing everybody again what he's capable of. Uh, what the Sharks went out to acquire in terms of the skill level and the leadership and just the raw ability uh, to move the puck, not just passing, but his skating ability is still there. We were all worried a little bit that maybe his skating was kind of gone, right? After the two, three, four groin injuries, whatever it's been, uh, and of course the Achilles tendon, and whatever other injuries he's had, uh, we were kind of worried that maybe you know he's not going to be the same guy. I don't know. Lately, he's kind of been trending upward. His game has been getting better and better, and he's looked more and more like uh, Ottawa Eric Carlson. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's kind of sad because this is kind of his MO is that he starts the seasons off slow and then eventually works his way up. He's never really started the season hot. And I was kind of worried that um, that this would have been the case, and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe he'll change his ways. They keep talking about how great shape he is coming into the season. And it just wasn't the case. So, um, yeah, it's kind of it's nice seeing kind of the Carlson of old. I still don't think he's not he's not quite there yet, and I don't know if he ever will be. But um, he definitely makes the team better. And if you take a look, he probably should have at least a half a dozen more assists based on the passes that he's made 
and the Sharks players just not finishing it. Like there was one, what, last week, I think, where he passed it to Hurdle, and he didn't think Hurdle didn't even like expect the, the puck to come because he didn't think it was going to get through, and it did. It went right into a stick, and he mishandled it. So there's there's plays like that that happen all the time where he's making these incredible plays um, offensively, and the Sharks aren't finishing. So he's kind of, in a way, kind of getting, I don't know, I don't know, lack of a term, but he's he's losing out on points here that he should be having so to make it a little bit better of an offensive season for him. Um, you can but, see, sorry, you, you can see it. In, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I, I love that we're not in studio. This is just happens all the time. <laughs> he uh, he he is looking better. He's skating better, and um, I think he's even playing defense better. Uh, I think he's making more plays defensively and smarter plays with the stick and more conservative a little bit, uh, if you will, uh, making the safer and, and better play. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Um, yeah, no, interesting um, that you say he's making the safer and better plays because a lot of the times I do see him just grabbing the puck and and with those big, long strides, he's got such great acceleration. Um, and usually you would think the safe play is to make that pass to find that outlet. But for him, the safe play is the one that he's most confident in. If he's not confident in that pass, making it to where it needs to go, he's more confident in just skating through people. Um, so I, I think for him, and he said it before, you know, I've tried making the easy play and it blows up in my face sometimes. And then I tried making the play that's maybe a little bit more difficult, but it's the one I'm more comfortable with. And it's the one that I, it works for me sometimes. And we've talked about how maybe there's a little bit of a disconnect between him and coach Bob Bugner because Bob Bugner had said the same thing. I wish he would play, make the simple plays. And Eric Carlson is saying, I need to step my game up. I need to play uh, more creatively, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting just how, how you see the game, how I see the game. And basically, whatever it is that he's doing, it seems to be working. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up is a little bit of a conversation. Lundy saying, uh, most have water, not an apple. Huntington with an apple uh, emoji there. Uh, Nicholas Egan, the fact that he took a bite during the question. I know he was chewing on it. That was kind of gross. But, uh, yeah, I know. It was just really funny. A super confident guy. And, you know, I look back at uh, interviews with uh, was it Brent Burns where he had the slice of pizza and Brody and Brownie did the same thing. Uh, they were eating an apple during uh, a segment that where they were after they had done watching Eric Carlson do that, where he was taking a bite. He was actually throwing the apple at somebody off screen and then they threw it back to him. I don't know what that was all about, but they did the same thing when Burns took a bite of the pizza. And then when they came back from that clip, they were sitting there eating pizza inside the studio. Uh, those guys have a lot of fun. They, uh, it's it's got to be so much fun being in those studios. Uh, not that it's not fun being in a virtual studio with you, but um, oh, there's no pizza here. So anyway, um, there's that's the whole thing with Eric Carlson now. Uh, Jeffrey VL makes his NHL debut. <laughs> he was very excited uh, to get out there on the ice. Uh, you know how there's kind of a tradition in the NHL when you it's your first game. The team kind of holds back in the tunnel. They let you go out first, and you have to do a solo lap uh, around the rink. Basically, you go by yourself. You know, you have a puck, and you're kind of going around, but you're all by yourself. Um, so they did that for a VL, right? And it's it's not even like a, a ribbing anymore. It's just kind of tradition now. Well, VL playing with the Barracuda is used to going out and skating to his left uh, before he does his laps for the Barracuda. For the Sharks, it's different. They skate out and they turn right to do their laps. So VL is not looking. He just starts going, turns left and looks up and there's a whole bunch of Minnesota wild. <laughs> so he, he said, you know, I just turned back as quickly as I could try not to get in their way. And I went the other direction. Um, so it was just really funny to see him uh, kind of go the wrong way. Um, and again, that's just because that's what he was used to doing with the Barracuda when he, 
when you come to the Sharks, apparently there's more to adjust to than than uh, just the speed of the game. You have to adjust to which side you're warming up on. So I actually asked Eric Carlson because he was one of the guys that was uh, in that meeting there. I got to ask him about uh, VL making a wrong turn, and uh, he kind of gave me these thoughts on it. He thought it was pretty funny. Hey, Eric. Uh, Jeffrey VL goes and does his solo lap. He makes the left instead of a right. I caught you on camera laughing a little bit. Did you guys razz him? Yeah, we got it on video, so I'm sure we are all gonna, you know, watch it tomorrow and have a good laugh about it. Uh, you know, great for him. He's he's taking the long road here. Uh, you know, he's a hardworking guy that uh, you know has some quit on his dream, and um, you know, today he got to experience it, and I think he did a great job, even though he was probably a little bit nervous uh, going out there for the warm up and uh, you know the first uh, couple of shifts. But uh, you know, that's that's what's fun about this game, and and we can all laugh about it. Thank you. Thanks. So yeah, just just pretty funny stuff there, and of course Eric sitting there with his apple, um, half eaten. <laughs> At least he put it down for your question. Yeah, hey man, respect, right? <laughs> right, right there, respect. <laughs> on the camera, it's on this side. I don't have to point over there. Anyway, um, so uh, Jeffrey Viel, after he does his solo lap and everything else, he has his very first shift of the game. What does he do? He drops the gloves. Uh, he gets into a fight. He wins this fight uh, handedly, by the way. Um, the refs had to jump in and stop it because he was just pounding this poor guy. I forget who it was he was fighting, but uh, I think it was number 41 or something. Uh, he absolutely just lit, lit him up. It took a little while to get the fight going, but once once he had a couple connections there, uh, you could tell uh, the other guy was in bad shape, and the refs jumped on in. So my hat's off to uh, Jeffrey VL coming in, uh, making an impact, making a difference, uh, giving the team some energy. And you can see when he was done with that fight, he was super pumped up. Um, so just really, really cool stuff from uh, from the rookie and uh, looking forward to seeing some more of him. We'll have some some questions about this actually a little bit later on. Like I'm kind of wondering if uh, maybe VL is kind of the replacement for uh, Curtis Gabriel right now. Uh, okay. He he looks like he's got a little bit more jump in his game. We'll go ahead and get to that. We'll get to that later on when I was talking about this game too here. But uh, the, I just want to get this one last video clip here where I'm asking VL about uh, NHL speed because I've talked to lots of rookies and I've asked this question before. So I just wanted to get his take. So we'll go ahead and roll that last clip right now. Yeah, well, that, uh, that's obviously part of my role. I think I'm a hard-nosed guy and uh, uh, play physical. And uh, obviously, I like to try to get guy under your uh, guy's skin. And, uh, you know, that's just that's just part of my role. And, uh, yeah. And when you were going through that injury, did you ever thought you'd be at this level right now playing in your first NHL game? Well, actually, I uh, the injury I had was after the my last game at the Memorial Cup, and uh, I didn't miss any games. So, um, yeah, I was pretty fortunate, and uh, I came back and uh, had no problem since. Thanks, Jeffrey. Paul. Hey, Jeffrey. This is Paul with the Fin Factor. Um, just wanted to know, um, most other guys that I've talked to who have played their first game in the NHL, they said that the speed of the game is the most difficult thing for them to adjust to. I'm just curious if you agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, the biggest difference is that, you know, the the play come faster. So you got to make quicker decisions with the puck. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's the, the biggest thing that uh, we got to adjust. So there you go. Yeah, he agrees. It's uh, it's the speed of the game thing. I asked Ryan Donato, and it's one of our previous episodes. You can go back and find it. Uh, we're asking the same thing. You know, is that what's what's tough about it? Actually, I think it was John Leonard. Uh, so what, what's the the hardest thing about it, other than the speed of the game? And he had said, well, the speed, of course, but also the fact that everyone here is capable of making plays and making plays in tight. You have to think faster. You can't just move faster. You have to 
think the game through at a blazing speed and know that no matter who's on the ice against you, that they're able to make those plays in tight. Whereas in the AHL and especially in, you know, the, the QMJHL, the WHL, um, the Swedish leagues, they're not quite as capable of making those plays in tight at speed uh, and thinking so fast. So uh, he absolutely agrees with that sentiment. So um I guess there's a lot of consistency among most rookies. I guess if you're going to be one of these guys like Kaprizov or like an Austin Matthews when he jumped in the league or Connor McDavid, these generational guys, uh, they don't have to worry so much about that because they've always been at the top of uh, that heap. So, um, you know, for the guys that have to come in, they've been working really hard. Like Jeffrey Vl, he's paid his dues in the AHL. He's played there for some years now, and he got there, as they say, the hard way. So, uh, again, my hat's off to Jeffrey Vl. Uh, stepping in, making a difference. Aaron, anything else you want to say here? We're going to talk a little bit more about VL in this uh, coming game for tonight's game, but we're going to talk about uh, one other thing uh, before we get to that. So did you want to say anything else about VL for this game? I mean, just imagine working your tail off for years trying to make it to the NHL, and you finally do, and in your first game, Eric Carlson is asked a question about you, and he talks about you. I mean, how how freaking amazing would that be? You're just like, here's this world-class player, probably the best defenseman, um at one point in the entire world talking about me that that's just like mind-boggling to me so uh it's pretty cool it's congratulations to him for making it to the show because going the hard way is exactly that is not easy so um he worked his butt off and, and made it and he's made an impact i think in these last two games solid perspective uh you know putting it in that those words there that uh you know a guy that's you know, been working so hard and he's got, um, you know, like you said, and Eric Carlson mentioning his name, it's almost as the same as uh, me calling out a comment here from Maximus saying he respects the Fin Factor reporters. Um, congratulations, Maximus. You've made it. OK, uh, we called you out there. But um, so uh, before we move on to uh, this coming game tonight, uh, I want to call out one thing because it was hockey is for everyone night. So we want to promote this one last time, at least. The Hockey is for Everyone t-shirt, it is limited edition. It benefits Silicon Valley Pride. The sizes do come in small, medium, and extra large. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, $10 for shipping should you choose to have it shipped to you. But you can't pick it up because it's available to you through Solar for America Ice Pro Shop. They are limited in availability, and I do mean limited. Uh, they're going to get sold out, basically. There you go. There's the shirt right there. Green screen, but... <laughs> so head over to sjteamshop.com. They are $29.99. Now here's the graphic you need to see. They are sold out of medium. They are sold out of double XL and triple XL. So th- when I said they were selling out, I'm, I meant it. They are selling out. So if you I- want to get one of these things, please head over to sjteamshop.com, support a great cause for Silicon Valley pride and pick one of these things up. They are phenomenal. I had mine too. I was actually going to wear it, but it kept messing up with the camera and the, yeah. all the exposure and everything else. So I, I say, you know what? Forget yeah. it. Mine's a large and it's, it runs really big. So uh, I don't know if that helps you. If you're a medium, maybe you get a small, if you're a extra large, maybe you can get a large and it'll work out. There you go. Okay, so um, yeah, definitely sjteamshop.com. Give that a look. Again, supporting Silicon Valley Pride. So tonight was Hockey is for Everyone tonight. Uh, sorry, Hockey is for Everyone night. So uh, did you see the jerseys that they were wearing for warm-ups, Aaron? Um, I missed the beginning of the game tonight, but I saw the picture beforehand what they were going to be wearing, which is pretty much the shirt in a jersey form. Yeah. Very cool. And I think they're auctioning them off, right? I hope so. Yeah, I believe they they usually 
something like this, they'll wear them for the warm up, and then they probably autograph them afterwards, and then they auction them off. So um, I'm sure you'll be able to find one if you want one. Absolutely. Uh, Hamilton Ma saying, I might need to cop one for my uncle as a gift. Uh, they make a great gift. They're, they're comfortable for sure. And they look great. Um, just don't uh, get one if you're planning on doing a web series where you have a camera that can't adjust uh, with a green screen. So uh, just a little bit of friendly advice there. Okay, let's go to the game tonight, Aaron. Jeff Reveal's second game. He was out there. He was agitating. He was finishing checks. He was controlling the puck. So um, he's doing a lot of good things, a lot of things the right way, not just kind of a one-trick pony going out there and being heavy and physical and hard, and, and that's all he's able to do. I saw him actually controlling the puck fairly well tonight. So my question to you, and I posed this a little bit earlier, and maybe we'll get some talk in the chat here, is he a better, quote-unquote, tough guy option than Curtis Gabriel is? Because... Curtis Gabriel seems to be the guy that has a lot of energy and he pumps the team up. Yes. And he goes for hits. And I love that he's always finishing his checks, but I don't really see him kind of controlling the play nearly as, as well. I would say as Jeffrey VL can, not that he's the best at it. I'm just saying maybe better than Curtis Gabriel, your thoughts. Yeah. I think VL is more of a, a power forward than a complete goon. Uh, whereas Gabriel, I think is more, not that he's a complete goon, but I think he leans more towards being a goon than a, power forward if that makes sense so to me vl has more skill with the puck uh he's not going to lose it off of his stick as easily as gabriel will um i bet he'll chip in some points and and maybe a couple goals here more more than gabriel will um and yeah he's he's not huge either i just looked up his stats he's only about 200 pounds so he's not like some heavyweight that that can't skate either and i think he moved he moved okay he didn't he didn't seem slow and he wasn't the fastest guy but uh he was keeping up with i think it was marlo and Sorensen on that on that fourth line uh he didn't seem out of place i thought he looked better to me than gabriel and i like gabriel don't get me wrong but i also think uh this could be a matchup thing where they're gonna put gabriel in probably for the vegas series and maybe la because he's a little bit bigger maybe they'll try vl out but i have a feeling gabriel's gonna be playing in those vegas games still um just to kind of get under the skin more of uh the Vegas people and to counter Ryan Reeves. Yeah, no, I like that. I, I like that there's options there, right? You need somebody who's, as you say, a little bit more leaning towards the goon side. Uh, you go with Gabriel, you go with the guy that needs to bring the energy, needs to finish the checks, uh, can fight and actually did pretty well in his fight uh, the other night. And you're looking for maybe just a little bit of touch more of the, the skill out of him, then maybe you do go with VL. Uh, it, it's nice that you have kind of that, that, that slight option, right? That min-maxing of, uh, of ability for that fourth line there. So actually, the, the fourth line, like you said, they did play fairly well. They, uh, they, they did a decent enough job tonight, I thought. The, the line that did it for me tonight, though, and I kept seeing generating scoring chances, getting pressure on the defense, um, just generating chances, uh, being hard to play against out there. Gambrell, Leonard, Donato, that line was doing it for me tonight. Uh, they were buzzing. I, I thought they had a lot of zone time. And I think it's just a matter of time for these three guys to get to know each other just that much better until we stop questioning the, the Sharks' depth um, for, for me. I think that they I mean, they could definitely be a better third line. Um, but I think that these guys are more than capable of kind of holding their own against other teams' third lines. I think they've done a, a phenomenal job. And I think it all stems from Dylan Gambrell and the work that he put in during the offseason. Uh, I mean, I can't say enough about the guy. He, he put the work in 
and he's looking really good right now. And his line mates are benefiting because of it. I mean, this is Ryan Donato's first season with the team and he's playing alongside, uh, you know, a guy, John Leonard, who is basically, he's a rookie too. You know, he's coming straight out of college essentially. So um, to have Gambrell centering that line and to have that line uh, being success, successful, uh, at least in providing uh, energy and, and pressure, I mean, I think it speaks a lot to Gambrell and, and the work that he put in. So I'm very happy with our third line right now. I wish our uh, first two lines would be uh, clicking and scoring a little bit more than they have been, particularly Timo, and we'll get to him in just a second. But, I mean, what do you think about that third line? I thought they've been great so far. Uh, I'm just kind of curious what you say. What do you want to say? It's kind of funny. Those three guys are kind of the three guys that are snake bitten all the time and seem to have so many chances and just can't finish. So why not put them all on the line and see who's going to score first? Um, they are buzzing. They look good. Uh, but again, they're just not putting it in the net. So hopefully they can put it together and, and maybe sticking them together for a little while. They get some chemistry, like you said, and um, they'll, they'll start actually scoring some goals and finishing off some chances. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a good kind of, um, I guess mismatch, if you will, because there, there's some decent skill in that line, um, and most other teams' third line aren't going to be that great. So uh, they're holding their own and, and getting chances, just, just still not actually finishing and, and getting on the score sheet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, hopefully they can help each other out. Like I said, I feel like it's a matter of time uh, before they start uh, generating a little bit more on the actual score sheet, not just creating some chances, right? So, uh, but I'm very happy with their play so far. I want to go ahead and talk about Kanijov. Uh, somebody else had put it in the chat here a couple of times. I guess there's one of them right there, Todd, saying, uh, Kanijov, what a goal tonight. Yeah, I know. He grabs the puck, kind of skates a little bit wide, and then cranks it back uh, opposite direction, goes far post. Um, and yeah, I know it, uh, it was a great goal. Actually, I don't think he hit the post, but uh, he went opposite side. And yeah, I know, just, just beat him clean. Just a really great shot. And again, so happy for the guy. He's deserved it. Uh, he's he's played really really well over the uh, the stretch of the season so far, especially as a rookie, especially playing on a line with Eric Carlson. Where um, you know Eric Carlson's phenomenal, but you need to play with a guy that can enable you. And you know it's it's interesting that this guy uh, Kanishov has been able to enable Eric Carlson. And I think Kanishov's kind of uh, getting a little too confident almost sometimes. Like right after he scored that goal, I don't know if you caught it, he had the puck behind the uh, the Sharks net, and uh, he did this little kind of facing the boards between the legs pass kind of thing that almost flubbed. And then he picked the puck back up and went the other direction. I'm like that's, that's an Eric Carlson move right there. So uh, maybe he's learning a little bit too much uh, in his early years in the NHL here. So, uh, but you know, again, super happy for the guy. I think he's a staple on this, this defense. I think the Sharks defense is so set for years to come between Mario Ferraro and uh, Nikolai Kanijov and Shimmick, if he doesn't get taken, Burns Carlson. Carlson's coming right back to where he was, I think, when we acquired him, what we thought he was going to be. The only guy on here that maybe could uh, could use a little bit of help, I think, is uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. And even then, I think Vlasic is playing a lot better lately. And I think that has a lot to do with Shimmick. It's funny. You talk about the guys that are the big three defensemen on this team. And I think that their uh, understudies, if you will, um, the Shimmick, Kanijov, Ferraro, I think they're enabling these guys to play better, to play more to their strengths. And I think it's it's just a great job by, uh, you know, the the secondary guy on those pairings. Yeah, absolutely. The, each each offensive defenseman, Burns and Carlson, kind of have their counterpart of a uh, not quite stay-at-home defenseman. Because I, I think Ferraro kind of pinches, but he does it smartly. And I think uh, 
even Kanijov, I feel like, is starting to do a little bit more than he has. He's getting more comfortable. Um, and like you said, he's kind of learning from Carlson and pulling some of the moves that he's doing because he's feeling more confident in himself. I think this goal is only going to help him kind of feel even more confident. And um, yeah, absolutely. I think the Sharks are lucky. I think to me last year, Ferraro was the kind of surprise uh, defenseman on the team. And I think Kanijov is this year's surprise. Um, I think Ferraro has stepped up and even in a bigger role and has played better than he did last year. I mean, last year was kind of way more of a dumpster fire season than this year is, but um, I think it's, it is the Sharks are very lucky to have them uh, kind of their compliments to their offensive defenseman. Now Vlasic is, is the kind of the odd man out here because uh, he's just, I don't know I, for that contract. Obviously he's not going to be, he's not going to be able to get moved. I don't think to another team. Um, but it's unfortunate because he's still a good defenseman, just not a $7 million defenseman. That's what's really, really sucks about these contracts is part of it. Part of it, I get mad at, but because it kind of hamstrings the the sharks into doing anything else. Um, but at the same time, you have to look at, look at what he has done over his, you know, career with the sharks. He was underpaid for what he was doing earlier and now he's kind of getting overpaid. So it's kind of balancing out in a way. If you think of it that way, it doesn't hurt as much because he was definitely underpaid for how well he was playing early in the season or early in his career. Sorry. So same thing with Carlson. Like he's kind of, you kind of have to pay the guys for what they've done, not so much what they do or going to do because it's really hard to project what they're going to do. Imagine Timo Meyer had all this promise, right? He was He had 30 goals. He had 60 points. You're like, oh, man, this guy, he's going to be an 80, 90-point player. He's going to lead this team. Imagine if they gave him an eight-year contract extension for $8 million to pay him for what he should be doing, and then he doesn't perform. That's kind of like – that's why you don't really see it that often or at all. Anyway, yeah. that was a whole other tirade there. <laughs> the more you know. Okay. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, Matt, for, I'm going to butcher this last name for I feel like maybe I've had a little bit too much to drink trying to say your name, Matt, uh, Matt for Um, uh, sorry. Uh, he sends us, uh, some, some Venmo, uh, money there. Thank you, Matt. I see that it's private, so I won't say the amount, uh, but it was generous. And his comment is toasters. Yeah. Toasters, buddy. Um, <laughs> The, uh, I'm guessing this is a reference to our stickers, which you can find at thefinfactor.com, which are also 40% off. We'll get to that in just a minute, where you can get the stickers and slap them on your toaster. Uh, there you go. So, uh, yes, toasters indeed. Remember. Sorry, Aaron, go ahead. Do you not remember the toaster thing from two seasons ago? Because uh, the, the video was off or bad or something like that, and it was like we were recording on a toaster. Something like I thought. So I, I thought I misheard somebody say something, and I thought they said toaster, and I was like, what are you talking about? And then it became a whole thing. And then we started having a toaster on our set. Remember? Yes. <laughs> I, I could have swore it was that we were talking about you could put the stickers on your water bottle, on your laptop, on your toaster. And then it kind of went yeah. somewhere. Maybe, that's... maybe not. I don't even remember. If you guys remember, please put it in the chat because our memories are shot. Yeah. Um, but again, thank you so much, Matt, for uh, your, your generous donation there. If you would like to help support the show, just like Matt, you can go to... Uh, Venmo and hit us up at the fin factor. And that will obviously go straight to the show. It doesn't go into our pockets. It goes into funding uh, this and making this what it is. So again, uh, thank you guys so much. Everyone who has supported the show uh, either through Venmo 
or through the super chat or going to the finfactor.com and picking things up again, 40% off sale. We'll get to that uh, later on in the show. Uh, but again, thank you so much. We uh, do appreciate your uh, your support and your help there. Okay, uh, Timo, I want to talk a little bit about Timo. Uh, I think feel like we've already kind of slammed him a bit. But before we go to Timo, oh, I see I've missed a couple super chats here. Okay, Lundy, Pickles misses Braun too. You know what, Lundy? I am so glad that you brought that up. And let me tell you why. <laughs> Shane Gostisbear was put on waivers, Okay. Uh, flyers, right? Yeah. So I was thinking, no. What if? No. Hey, man, hear me out. He's okay. a left handed defenseman. Okay. Plays the left side. He's 4.5 million a year, which is less than 7 million. And he's two years left on his contract, which is less than four or five or whatever Vlasic has on his. So if you really think that Vlasic is not good enough for, for this team and he's getting paid too much, Gostas Bear at least maybe could regain his offensive form. Uh, and then that would be a threat from the left side and on the right, right? I don't know. And then, then, hear me out, hear me out. I know what you're saying, but you still have Vlasic on the team. Wrong. You send Vlasic to Philadelphia to play with? Braun. Justin Braun. And how good were they together? And, of course, they would love to play together again. And, of course, Philadelphia is looking for somebody who's capable on the left-hand side. You pair him up with his old defensive partner, Boom, win-win for everybody. What do you think? So you want to add another offensive defenseman that's terrible defensively to this team? Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure that's what I'm hearing correctly coming out of your mouth. You want to add another offensive defenseman that is terrible defensively, that his team waived him, put him on the taxi squad, and he's actually $4.5 million per year. Yeah, I said that. Oh, they said three now. No. Um. Yeah, let's do it. We picked up Walters off waivers, and it worked out good so far. It's brilliant. I I don't know why the Sharks aren't doing this. I think Paul should be GM. I think this is a fantastic idea. I think we should get Hassel on the the phone right now and tell him to get rid of Doug Wilson and to hire Paul right away. It is phenomenal, amazing, and impressive how you said all of that without an ounce of sarcasm. Thank you, Aaron. Okay, so uh, Brandon, the next guy up, another Super Chat, $5 Super Chat. Thank you guys so much again for contributing to the show and supporting us. We appreciate this. Uh, be back on NHL soon. Be back on NHL soon. I'm not sure EA. what. EA. Oh, EA. Yeah, of course. Uh, Brandon. Oh, is this BK? Yeah, this has got to be BK. Because Brandon. Kel- yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, no, maybe we'll play tonight. Um Nick and, and uh, Casey are usually on as well. These are guys that are uh, love playing with us. So, yeah, Brandon, uh, maybe I'll pop on later on tonight. Depends how long the stream goes. We'll see. Uh, but thank you for your, your support. We do appreciate it, uh, obviously. So, uh, once again, thanks you. Matt F., the toaster on the set. Yes, the toaster on the set. But we don't know how the toaster got on the set. <laughs> That's what we're trying to figure out, Matt. <laughs> but thank you for your comment. Okay, uh, so Timo. For me, not looking super impressive lately. Um, I don't know, man. What, what do you think about this guy? What else is new? That's okay. Same old Timo. He just seems very disinterested. Doesn't want to be there. Um, I think I think Bugner's kind of calling him out, but still not quite benching him at the same time. So maybe he's not benching him because he just really doesn't have any other options to put in there. But um, he's not being the player that he thrives at being in, in that would be a power forward a power forward hits people look evander kane is a power forward 
he hits people. He dropped a couple hits, I think, tonight that looked pretty good. But Timo, he's to me, he's a perimeter player. He doesn't go hard to the net. Um, that's the kind of player that he's getting paid to be, and he's not doing it. So he's not doing his job. Uh, I think he needs to be more consistent. I think I would not be sad if he were to be moved and maybe you know, needs a change of scenery to uh, become the player that he needs to be. Because I think he's got a lot more to give and he's just not doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% behind you on that. Uh, people who are not 100% behind me is this chat telling me I don't know what I'm talking about with uh, with Gustav Spare and Vlasic. <laughs> That's okay. It was it was only a, a half-truth for me anyway. I was just kind of having some fun there. Uh, NHL 21 has certainly caught up with me. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I'm on the same boat. I just don't know what to do uh, with Timo because it's the team that I'm running, clearly. Uh, no, but I'm just saying I, I don't understand uh, why he uh, looks like he's being, I don't know, lazy, uh, like he's tired maybe. I don't know if it's finally just kind of caught up to him. I hate to blame the guy for for poor play, but he just looks like he's he looks like he's disinterested, and I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he really does want to win every single game and try hard every single shift. But maybe he's just gassed, you know. Um, not all players are created equal. Some guys can go out there like Mario Ferraro and play, you know, uh, eight overtime periods, back-to-back games, uh, and, and he'd be fine. That's just Mario Ferraro. Uh, maybe maybe he's just caught up with Timo, and that's what the whole problem is. Uh, one way or another, I've just not really been impressed with with Timo this season. I'm sure he's up there in points. I think he was second in assists or something like that they had said. But uh, whatever it is, I, I mean, I, I don't know what, to, what Timo's deal is. I just, I like to see more out of him. And I'd like to see him just finally to say, you know what, I'm going to put my shoulder down. I think he needs to talk to Mike Ricci um, about how to just drive that net again. He needs just a refresher course. And Mike Ricci is the right guy to show him uh, and to teach him. So I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's a bummer because the guy is playing like he belongs on that third line. Um, and maybe Donato needs to get up into the second line again and see what happens. But I've just I've just not been impressed by Timo. Uh, yeah. Poor Kane. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Kellen's comment here. Give Timo the torch treatment. Uh, that's he's talking about Tortorella and oh. Columbus. Absolutely. I think that might even rejuvenate his career a little bit. Uh, could make or break him. But um, I was just going to say something else about Timo, uh, and now I forgot. So go for that's it. okay. We'll go to Lendy's comment. Timo for Braun. <laughs> of course, he wants oh, Braun back on the team. I was going to say. Do you remember about 10 years ago, Logan Couture was kind of, kind of, um, he was the new rookie a couple years in, he was kind of goofing off a lot with some of the guys and they ended up trading some of those guys. One of them was Demers. Remember it was like, it was kind of weird because at that point there was Thornton, Marlowe, um, even Pavelski and some of the older guys. And then there's kind of the new guys coming up, Couture, Demers, all these other guys, they kind of clicked. And then these older guys clicked. The older guys all had families and never really went out. The younger guys were always going out and having a good time and partying a lot. I think that kind of got to them. And so the Sharks moved some of these guys to kind of send a message like, hey, you, we're serious here. You guys need to buck up and we're trying to win a cup. So uh, we're going we're gonna to kind of split you guys up and kind of like a teacher in the classroom moving chairs around and putting someone somewhere else so that they could pay attention more. Um, that's what I feel like happened about 10 years ago and look Couture now, and now he's the leader of the team. Um, is that similar to what's going on with Timo? Does he need, does he need to get moved or some other pieces get to move? Because I feel like him and the bank are kind of in the same boat in terms of just not that I'm not saying they're partying, but um, disinterested. They, I feel like they're very disinterested and they're kind of in that same kind of clicking group there. So I don't know. 
this is completely hearsay by me. I'm not, I don't have any rumblings or any inside information, but that that's kind of what I feel like is going on here. And I, I, that's why I wouldn't be so sad if he were to be moved. Lundy agreeing with you. Timo trade time. He says, uh, okay, let's, uh, let's move on to Evander Kane here. He had the poor guy. He was snake bit, uh, all game tonight. He had multiple chances, not for lack of trying, uh, that he couldn't score. Um, he had a breakaway. He had a, I think it was two on one. Uh, he had a lot of opportunities this game and you could tell how frustrated he was that he just could not find the back of the net until, uh, they pulled the goalie and he fires it in the empty net. Uh, like we said, uh, I actually, I don't know if it was on the show, if it was before the show, but can you imagine if he had buried that goal with, uh, just 0.3 seconds later, uh, and it wouldn't have counted poor guy, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been rough for Evander Kane this past game. Um, I don't know. It's a guy who's got, you know, obvious scoring capabilities. He's leading the team in, I think, goals and points. So, um, yeah, Evander Kane just couldn't find it tonight. But you know what? Not everyone's always going to find him. And I'm not going to call him streaky because, again, I don't believe in that. I don't believe that players can be uh, streaky like that. Uh, everybody's streaky. Um, even the best goal scorers in the game go for uh, games at a time where they don't bury a goal. So I have a hard time saying anybody's really streaky. I think he just couldn't find the back of the net, and that's all it was. He's generating chances, and much like that third line I was talking about earlier, that's what you want from these guys. You want them to generate chances and control the puck and do a good job in, in those zones. And as long as he's doing that, I think it's okay, and eventually it, it'll just kind of keep falling in for him. Um, so – I'm, I'm talking about the guy as if he hasn't scored a goal all season. I mean, he's been scoring like crazy, but it, just in this game here, he was, you could tell how visibly upset uh, the poor guy was. So we'll move on from that unless you have anything to say about it. And we'll just go straight to roll call. Aaron? Uh, on Kane? Yeah. Yeah. I, he's by far the best player, most consistent player on the Sharks, this team. I mean, he's leading. He's got 31 points in 35 games. The next place is Logan Couture, 24 points. That's seven more points. That's that's a big difference between your first and second leading score. Um, so he's doing everything right now, and it. I'm glad he got a goal, like empty net or not. But uh, I don't really want to take anything away from from Kakinen either. He's the the Minnesota rookie goalie. He is a good goalie. So um, he he worked his tail off, even though he, even though they lost tonight. I thought he had some good saves that, that could have been a blowout because Kane had definitely had his chances in there. Absolutely. Um, I, I felt bad for him because <laughs> you could tell you could see it in his face. Come on. Uh, not not quite as bad as Eric Carlson uh, the previous night when they scored and tied it up. He murdered his stick across yeah. the goal. I don't know if you caught that one. Uh, he was pretty upset. And uh, in the in the postgame interview, he said, yeah, thankfully, I don't have to pay for my sticks. I get my sticks for free. Um, that's, because that's actually like a point of contention for the owners because they feel like that the players are doing that too much. And those sticks aren't cheap. What are they two, three hundred dollars a stick or something? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And the owners are paying for it. So that's, I guarantee you in the next CBA agreement or not agreement, but uh thing that's going to come up. Is yeah, it the owners or is it uh, uh, the stick manufacturers that they probably have contracts with? No, the owners, the owner, well, the teams, I should say, not so much the owners are literally buying them, but the teams are buying them, um, providing them for the players. And how many times do you see the players just like throw sticks out, right? Like yeah. to fans and stuff. I mean, I'm happy. I'd be happy to get a stick more than a puck, but, but those things are cheap. <laughs> They're not cheap. Yeah. Uh, Eric's been known to kind of trash his sticks. Actually, there's a couple of times he'd broken them across the post. There was one clip. I don't I never actually got to share it with anybody. I don't think uh, I might've put it on Twitter actually a long time ago where he had a break or it was a game that they were playing during practice 
and it was against Aaron Dell. And you have three shots, right? You grab uh, the three pucks. You grab one, you skate in, you shoot. If you miss, you circle back, you grab the next puck and you shoot. And then, so he basically had, you have to three shots and, and you have to score a goal in those three shots. And if you score, you stay in the game. If you don't score, you're out of the game. So he fires it and he misses wide and he was pissed off. So he grabs the stick and just launches it. And when I say launch, I don't mean just throw. I mean like SpaceX, like this thing, like, in, in the practice facility, almost hit the roof. Like he launched this stick like way up in the air. Um, so yeah, I guess he has no no uh, sympathy for sticks or the owner's pockets, whoever's paying for those things. Uh, when he wants to get rid of it, he gets rid of it, period. So anyway, there you go. Uh, roll call, let's go ahead and do that. I think we should do uh, where you're watching from or where you're, you're viewing us right now. And what, Aaron, What it's maybe something about Timo? Is it Timo time? Is it Timo trade time? Is it Timo trade time? There you go. So that's what we're going to do for for roll call. So tell us where you're watching us from. And is it Timo trade time? There you go. Aaron, we've got some games coming up against the LA Kings in LA. Why don't you go ahead and walk us through those? Sure. We're uh, Friday nights and Saturday night in LA. They're going to be 7 p.m. starts, not 7.30. So be sure you catch it on time. Which, by the way, I wish the Sharks would do 7 p.m. starts instead of 7.30 because this show's getting late and I'm tired. <laughs> and they usually do 7.30 because of traffic issues for people, which nobody's going to the game. So it's kind of silly to do 7.30. But I digress. Anyway, uh, L.A. just beat tonight. They beat uh, the Vegas Knights. So L.A. is a team that is also looking to get into the playoffs. Uh, they are currently, let me look at the standings here, one game in hand on the Sharks. The Sharks have the same amount of points. They're a 500 team at 14, 14, and 6. So they are only four points behind St. Louis, as are the Sharks, for that fourth playoff spot. They are battling hard. And, in fact, there was a quote after the last time the Sharks played and beat L.A. from Drew Doughty, and he said, no disrespect to the Sharks. I'm going to paraphrase, but... No disrespect to the Sharks, but this is a team that we should be beating if we want to be in a, a playoff position. Uh, we kind of played down to their level instead of playing our game. Um, there's nothing wrong with what he said there. I'm sure Sharks fans were pissed about it, but um, there's nothing wrong about it. But I feel like the Sharks also kind of have LA's number. Uh, I feel like the last couple games going, well, actually not even the last couple games, the last couple seasons, even as bad as the Sharks have been last year and this year, they still kind of, find a way to beat LA and at least get under their skin, um, make them play their the sharks, play their own game versus LA, not LA pressing their game against the sharks and beating them. So um, I have a feeling the sharks are going to be in kind of trouble in the first game and maybe beat the second game. We'll see. It's not like they're going to be super tired and on a long way to go down to LA from here. So um, not a lot of travel woes, but yeah, I, I feel like the Sharks should be able to take these two games and then leapfrog over L.A. and maybe even catch Arizona at that point. That would be very interesting. I know you don't want them to. I know you want that pick, but uh, I don't know, man. Anytime uh, anytime we can get some extra hockey, I'm, I'm more than happy, even in this snake bit season, if you want to call it that. I don't know. I, I, I'm happy to watch them win, okay? So, I mean, it's great to get good picks. But for me, I'm a fan. I want to see my team do well, even if it means they're going to have a first round exit and they're not going to get the highest pick that they could possibly get. Uh, I, I would personally, I just like seeing them win. So I'm always going to cheer for them to do the best job that they can do. And uh, for me, hopefully they do that. I'm not overly 
optimistic that it's going to happen. And in some ways I'm excited about maybe getting a really uh, high end draft pick, but at the same time, I'm a fan through and through, and I just want to see them win. Uh, Illuminato going back to the, um, SpaceX launch stick comment. He says SpaceX question mark. It exploded. (laughs) Cute. Illuminato. Yeah. The, uh, SN11 uh, exploded. I guess the last few starships that they tried to launch uh, blew up. Uh, but they are learning about space flight, which is awesome. So there you go. Okay, so yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be on, like you said, Saturday, 9.30. I'm guessing closer to 9.40, 9.45, because usually uh, the, the periods last about 40 minutes or so. So if it starts at, the last period starts at 9, it'll be probably a little bit after 9.30. But we'll try to get on basically right after the game is done. So it kind of depends on how many goals, how many penalties, uh, like basically overtime. Yeah. Shootout depends all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we see all you guys there and that'd be great. Cause we'd love to have all these comments, uh, back in the comment section here, the, the live feed. It's what makes this whole thing fun. So again, if you guys are not subscribed to us, please feel free to uh, hit that subscribe button. Uh, and hit that notification bell so you know when we're going live. And here is the calendar showing you exactly when we will be going live. So you can see here the two games against L.A. Saturday. That's going to be a live show. The next week, there's only the one game against the Ducks and then two more games against L.A. We're not going to do the show on the Tuesday against the Ducks. We'll do one on the next Saturday. But the rest of these, you can see there's two games against the Ducks. We'll do a show on Wednesday. Two games against the Wild. We'll do a show on Saturday, so on and so forth. So as long as there's a two-game miniseries on the second game after the, that game is done, you can catch us live again. If you are not subscribed, please do so uh, because that way we get you guys in the comment section here getting the talking going. It's been a lot of fun talking about toasters and trading Timo for Braun. So I appreciate all of your comments. I appreciate all of the super chat. Uh, we've got one last thing to tell you guys about. And, of course, we mentioned it earlier the store is on sale, 40% off store-wide at thefinfactor.com. Uh, we have the premium T-shirts. They are now just $15. The snapback hats, the one that I'm wearing right now, now just $18. Somebody, I can't remember who it was, had said, at $18, this thing is a steal. The quality is phenomenal. We did not skimp on the quality of these things. We wanted to make sure that if we were going to be selling it to you guys, that would be something that we would want to wear, that we are comfortable in, that we think looks good. So uh, all of it. 40% off stickers, $3 uh, for the three pack. That's just a dollar a sticker. Again, you can put them on your laptop. You can put them on your water bottle. You can stick them on your toaster. Uh, just don't put them inside or they'll burn up just like any sticker would. However, these prices will be available to you through April 12th. Why April 12th, you say? Well, because we're going through a reset, much like the Sharks are saying they're going through a reset, and April 12th is the trade deadline. So we're going to have this sale up until that point. Again, 40% off store-wide, thefinfactor.com. Head over there, help support the show, and show your Fin Factor fandom as well as your Sharks pride. Thank you guys so much for all of the support that we've received tonight through the Super Chat, through Venmo. We've had a couple of these sales, uh, people taking advantage of the 40% off. Not many people sending us pictures. Uh, get us a picture of you and your gear, man. We want to show it off to you guys, uh, to the rest of the, the Sharks uh, fans uh, on Twitter and, and everything else. Or maybe people don't want their faces. You can blur your face out if you'd like. That's fine, too. Uh, just don't blur the, the hat because that'll be weird. I won't be able to put anything up. It'll just be a big blur. Anyway, uh, the stickers fit perfectly on toasters, by the way. Thank you, Matt F. Uh, he's my, my hype man right here, Matt F, hyping up the stickers. 
Uh, I'm a shark for life says, would you guys ever do a live during the game and talk about what is going on? You know what? Um, I have thought about doing that. Um, just kind of sitting here and just doing kind of a reaction thing. I, it wouldn't be me kind of entertaining you guys necessarily the whole time, but at least you can kind of like talk with me in the chat about what's going on. And I can kind of give my comments like in real time. Um, I don't know, Aaron, is that something that you think you'd be open to? I know you're pretty busy. I never thought about that, but uh, yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. We could sit in a game and have this chat open right here and just kind of give our thoughts right there live and talk with everyone. Almost like you're watching a game in a large group. <laughs> maybe Kevin, maybe having a beer or two. We'll see. Kind of fun. I think. Yeah, I think no, maybe we need a maybe we need a Fin Factor um, adult channel so that we can separate them. <laughs> that sounded wrong. Um, uh, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, maybe something other than than super family friendly because we want to keep this channel family friendly so that uh, parents and, and their kids can enjoy the content. Uh, yeah, there you go. The Fin Factor Adult Channel starring Paul. Only Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's wrong. This one took a turn for the worse right away. Uh, let's talk about a comment really quick and wash our minds of that uh, that whole idea. Uh, Paul, when are you heading back to the tank again? Fong Nguyen. Fong, correct me if I'm wrong. You are the guy who is the parking uh, guru out there. Uh, you're the guy who, if I ever needed to have uh, the ability to come in and park and uh, have somebody okay it, it's you. I, if I'm wrong, uh, please let me know. But this was the guy. I was standing out there uh, for that first game uh, that I got to go to this season. It was the first game of the season in San Jose, and I was invited to it. And I got to go. So I met uh, Fong right outside the front there, and he was talking to me. A uh, very nice guy. And he's been doing the job for quite some time. He's a big Sharks fan, obviously, because he works there. And he's a Fin Factor fan because he's in here and he told me about it as well. So, hey, man, I appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to coming back uh, as soon as I can. It's probably going to be a while, uh, realistically. But uh, I, I remember you, and I'm uh, I'm glad that you're here and chatting with us. So uh, great to see you again. Aaron, any other comments you want to pick out here before we uh, we call it? Yeah, Death Size 21. Can't wait for the Sharks to play the Kraken in Seattle next year. So looking forward to seeing my first live NHL game. That's fantastic. I'm sorry that you have not seen a live uh, NHL game, let alone a Sharks game, because it is a completely different game than it is on TV. I think of all the big sports, uh, hockey is absolutely the worst one on TV. Maybe not worse, but it's so much better in, in person. If you look at football, football to me is the worst one to watch live. It is so much better on TV because it's so slow and boring. Uh, baseball, too, even. I think baseball's okay. It's at, not as bad as football. Um, soccer, I'm a big soccer fan, so of course I'm going to like that live anyway. Um, that kind of translates a little bit better on TV. But, man, hockey, just there's no question because you don't get to see. When you're watching the game and they dump the puck in, you don't see the line changes happening. You don't see all this other stuff behind the scenes that's going on. So when you go to a game, it is it is a completely different feel and um, almost like a sensory overload if you don't know what you're going to be looking for, uh, especially if you've never even been to an actual hockey game in person and only watched hockey ever on TV. So I highly recommend it to anybody who has not been to an NHL game, go to an NHL game when it's open and you can um, and and take it all in. It is It is fun and correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, I've never really had a bad experience in terms of fans around me that were just not nice. I'm, I'm usually the kind of fan that, especially if I find out that someone hasn't really been to a hockey game before, it's one of their first ones. 
to help explain some of the rules and, and everything else because I'm more of a nicer fan than most, I, I suppose. Um, I like helping people understand the game and like the game better. 100% I'm on board with you on that sentiment. I, I actually really do enjoy uh, when someone doesn't fully understand what's going on and I get to kind of explain. Um, I mean, things like offsides and icing, why they blow the whistle there, right? What is, what's the slashing? What's interference? What does all this stuff mean, right? Uh, and, and then you kind of get to kind of walk it through and explain it to him. I, I personally enjoy that. And I know lots of fans of the tank are kind of the same way. Um, I've had some very good experiences with opposing fans in shark tank. And I've also had some not so great experiences with, uh, sharks fans at the shark tank. So it's kind of hit or miss. It depends. I've had some people that were felt very entitled to their, where their seat was and that they could do whatever they want in their seat, including leaning extremely far forward, which if you've been to the tank before, you know, that leaning forwards uh, makes it very difficult for the person behind you to see. And, you know, you kind of want to be um, considerate of those around you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that. And, and the folks that are from out of town, like Nashville Predators uh, fans one time, and we had uh, we made a bet with each other about who scored a goal first and, and the, the loser would buy a beer or something like that. So uh, and after the game, you know, we said, hey, man, good game, shook hands, say goodbye. And they, they were super cool. So it's really hit or miss. Uh, for the most part, though, I will say I don't have problems going to the tank. Um, I think most of the fans there, whether they are uh, home or away, I think they've uh, mostly on the whole been, you know, pretty cordial people and everything. So uh, if it's your first NHL game that you're looking forward to, I wouldn't worry too much about uh, trying to fit in and, and asking questions when you when you feel like you don't quite get something. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So um, or maybe you do know the game very well and you just never been to one live. I don't know. So uh, but either way, you know, it'll be very exciting uh, to have that that experience getting into the the rink. There's something about the smell and I don't mean like hockey equipment smell, like the smell of somehow ice. I don't get that. But it's just something about that, man. There's that that atmosphere. Um, it really kind of grounds you in that uh, that experience. So get on with it. Yes. Get on with it. Yes, yes. Get, get on, on with, with it. it. That was rude. Um, yeah, no, it grounds you in that experience. So anyway, uh, I guess we have to get on with it. So there we go. Uh, yeah, no, uh, again, appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for using the Super Chat function. Thank you for using Venmo. Thank you for going to thefinfactor.com and taking advantage of the 40% off sale. And of course, thank you for supporting Silicon Valley Pride, uh, going to sjateamshop.com and picking up uh, those shirts, which again, they're selling out. So uh, if you are still interested in one, you want to get one for whoever it was you wanted to get one for, I forget who said that, but uh, now is the time. They are running out of sizes. Aaron, anything left? Toaster stickers, apparently. Toaster stickers, there you go. Anything other than toaster stickers that you'd like to finish up with here? I'm going to slap a sticker on my toaster and take a picture of it tomorrow and post it on Instagram. Do you have a toaster, Paul? I have. Oh, I have a toaster. Some people don't have a toaster. Hey, man. Some people have toaster ovens, not a toaster. My toaster can do four slices of bread. Okay. Dang, I got a toaster. Fancy, man. Is it Bluetooth? <laughs> Get on with it. I knew it was coming. I just wanted to keep rolling until he did it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess that'll do. Okay. So for Super Producer Jason, uh, Jumbo God, and uh, myself, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. <laughs> and we will see you guys uh, Saturday night. <laughs> Saturday 9.40 so maybe yeah. somewhere in there thanks guys goodbye Bye. thanks for tuning in if you like this episode check out our other content especially interviews 
You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.